Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Guys, I'm not sure if you've seen this or not, um, but there was a bumper sticker. It actually came out in the early 2000s, but it's a bumper sticker that read, Coexist. Coexist. And, and people were putting them on their cars all the place. And, and um, let, let me just explain what this means just a little bit, okay? Now, it's a, it's a sticker that typically spells out Coexist. And here's what's interesting. It's using the Islamic crescent moon for the sea. I don't know if you guys caught that. You go, yeah, I've kind of seen that. Then you have the peace sign for the O. Okay, there's Ko. Then you have a combination of the male and female symbols for the E. Then you have the Star of David for the X. Then you have, and nobody ever caught this, the pentagram as the dot for the I. Okay, then you have the yin-yang symbol as the S. And of course, then you have the Christian cross for the T. And it spells out coexist. Now, you go, Ben, what's the meaning of that? Well, the meaning is clear. What the, the sticker and the people who put these on their vehicles are saying is that we should all get along. We should all get along. No matter what your worldview is, no matter what you hold on, no matter how you were born, no matter what culture says, we should get along. We should live peaceably among each other, help our neighbors of different religions or belief systems, or and our worldview should flourish. Well, again, when you see that, who could argue that message, right? Who could argue we should get along? Well, you might be surprised because I did some research and the message coexist implies, you ready? No matter what worldview holds, there is a law above the law that supersedes an individual's subjective belief. You're going, okay, The thing about it, guys, is the problem, guys, if you dissect the message, is what it does, it begins to minimize God and exalt men. We should all get along, regardless of where you you come from, regardless of who you are, we should all, and it minimizes God and and it exalts man. Now, listen, it is biblical that we should get along peacefully. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, you must love God first, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. So we get that. We understand this is biblical. As a matter of fact, he also taught us that we are to love our enemies. That's what Jesus taught us. And as believers in Jesus Christ, you and I should be the first ones to love our neighbors and our enemies. We should not be the ones in strife and fighting. We should love them. But the idea behind the coexist bumper sticker, well, the idea is awesome, okay? Because it is a biblical concept. However, each symbol represents and it entails beliefs which are logically contradict the beliefs of others and, and other worldviews. Therefore, they cannot all be true. Moreover, guys, not all views affirm that people ought to be getting along. That's coexist. 
Well, Ben, why do you bring this up? Because in Revelation 17, guys, there is coming a one-world religion that will finally exalt man and minimize God. That's what he's shooting for. That's what's going to happen. In fact, it will be, if you're taking note, full-blown humanism. Full bl- Yo, Ben, what is humanism? Well, here it is, right? If you're not familiar with humanism, let me give you the de- definition. Humanism is this. It's an outlook or system of thought attaching prime importance to human rather than divine or supernatural matters. That's humanism. It's going, oh, 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 okay, let's exalt man and minimize God. That's humanism. This is what the world has been doing all along. Guys, this is what's going to happen. See, humanists believe, right? Their beliefs stress the potential value and the goodness of human beings. They emphasize common needs and seek solely to rational ways of solving human problems. In other words, hey, you don't need to go to God. Just, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. When I look at my own life, when it comes to solving problems, there are times when I know to run to God first, but I try to fix it first. Hey, have you prayed about it? Right? Come on, somebody. You know, when something goes on in your life, right, what is the last thing you seem to do? Well, I've tried this. I've called this friend. I've worked it out here. I've done this. Well, have you prayed? I guess, what do we say? I guess I'll pray about it. I guess. But but what, what what we need to understand, guys, is that we should... Go to God immediately. We miss the the privilege of prayer. We get to talk to God, the God who created us. Well, pastor, I talk to God, but I don't think like he talks to me. And I just, I don't know. No, no, no. We get the privilege. But what happens is that in our culture, Guys, it's, it just seems weird to just stop and pray. It just means to me, it's like weird. It's like if somebody says, hey, let's pray. You're like, uh, right? Have you ever done that? Hey, can we just pray? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. This is weird. We don't, we don't normally, we don't only, we only pray in church <laughs> and we barely pray, you know, and, and, and so I think we have just an awesome privilege, guys, to go to God first and talk to him about our problems and share with him. That's what I love about that. But we're we're missing it. The humanists go, no, 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 let's not even do this. And and the problem is, guys, is, is think about this. This way of thinking is already prevalent in many universities and many churches. And I tell you this. One day, it's going to take over the world. It's going to take over the world. Now, listen. Throughout the book of Revelation, here's what we've seen. If you're taking note, jot this down. Satan is a counterfeit. You need to know that. Satan is a counterfeit. Okay? So this evening, we're going to learn about a one world, and it's really false, but it's a one world false religion that's going to take place in the latter part of the tribulation. 
okay? And what he's going to do, understand, he's going to set up a false worship system known as Mystery Babylon the Great. This is what it's going to be. It's going to be a false worship system. Why? Please understand that you were created to worship. You were wired to worship. We do it all the time. We worship, we worship, we worship. But what we worship is what we must be concerned about. Because we're created to worship. Okay? And if we go to our favorite football team, our favorite basketball team, and we're in there, and it's a close game, and we win by one, we're worshiping. You know that. We're screaming, we're yelling, hands raised high, high-fiving strangers. It doesn't matter. Yeah! Did you see that? Wow, that's amazing. We were created to worship. And the problem is, if he doesn't worship and bow down before the one true God, then man will devise a false religious system and a God to worship. If he doesn't worship the one true God, he will find something to worship. Now, we have seen in our study through the book of Revelation how these last days in the great tribulation, the Antichrist is going to, what? What's he going to do? He's going to set up his kingdom, okay? And his kingdom are going to be characterized by two things. Think about this, okay? Put your thinking caps on. You go, what are they? He's going to, it's going to be, this is the kingdom of the Antichrist. It's going to be political and economical, Okay, and the economical system is going to be set up with the ten nation confederacy. You're going to have that. Now, if you talk to Mike Shaw or Mike O'Reilly, they will tell you more in detail how we are being pushed into a global currency. How we will not be able to use the dollars that we had, where a credit card's going to be different, everything's going to be, everything is changing. And here's what we have to understand. Today is Wednesday. Yeah, you guys are here. But here's what we, we don't know what tomorrow's going to be. Everything changes that fast. Everything changes. And it can change in just a moment. You guys know what I'm talking about? Now, think about this, okay? Let me just give you a little... Say you go out and you get a credit card, and, and they like you, and they give you a $2,500 credit limit, and you're like, ooh, credit limit, right? You got a credit card. And so you go to the store, and you make a purchase, and you go, man, I've got, I've got $2,500 to spend. I can, I can do this. Now, let's say you go, man, I've, I've got four or $500 on that. I'm paying it. No big deal. But I'm, I'm really wanting to get some airline tickets in the next uh, few, few, maybe six months. I'm, I want to go there. With a click of a button, you realize that they can reduce your credit line in a moment. And you, you don't do anything. You just, wait a minute. And, and they'll, hey, I, I was rent to purchase this and it said decline. Um, what's going, well, sir, because you haven't used your card, because you haven't done, we have, declined or we have lowered your credit limit to $600. 
Tell me what you can do about it. You might have A1 credit. They can do that from a computer. Think about how this is going to go down in the future. So you've got political, you've got economic, but it's also going to be set up, guys, as a religious system that's going to be led by a man known here as the false prophet. So you have the Antichrist, but you have the false prophet. Now, remember, we have what? We have the Holy Trinity. We have the Father, Son, and Spirit. Can I get an amen? But Satan is a counterfeit, so he's going to have the beast, he's going to have the Antichrist, and then he's going to have the false prophet. The false prophet is going to introduce a false worship system, guys, that, that's going to be just pushed in these last days. Now, not the last days here on earth, but the last days of the tribulation. Now, what's he going to do? He's going to set up a religious system, guys, and he's going to do it by this. He's going to do it by signs, wonders, and miracles, and it'll help gain, it'll help the Antichrist gain worldwide acceptance. Now, the false prophet, his only job is to, again, get people to worship the Antichrist, get people to worship the beast. You guys got that, right? What did Jesus tell us, church? Listen, I'm talking to you. He said, don't be deceived. Now, I understand at this time, if you're a born-again believer, if you're a disciple, boom, we're out of here. We're going home, right? Any minute the, those clouds are going to open up, we're going home. I believe that. I believe that. I'm reading my Bible like I'm reading the newspaper. The things that are coming out, I'm like, well, not that people read newspapers. Okay, I'm reading my Bible like I'm reading the Internet, right, uh, on, the, on the computer. But it's like, wow. And then I'll get a friend text me, go, hey, did you hear what's going on over here? Whoa, that lines up even more. Guys, we're here. We're here. Okay? Our plane to heaven is at the gate. It's going to be boarding soon. It's going to be boarding soon. It's at the gate. And we're waiting. And we're walking back and forth. When are we going to, when are we going to board? When are we going to board? It's getting close. That's how close we are. But the, but the false prophet, guys, his only job is to what? Is to, again, through what? Signs, wonders, miracles, get the Antichrist to gain worldwide acceptance. To get people to bow. Listen. Go back in your minds to 2019. Sometimes I have videos on my phone before <laughs> before all of this went down, and it's like, wow, you remember how we were free? <laughs> Do you remember when this thing was, you know? And uh, go back in 2019, guys. Go, go back, okay? If anything like this would have, would have come, if anything would have, would have said, hey, I'm going to get your take. Hey, listen, we're going to, we, we would have said, no, 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 no. But over the last year and a half, there's a term called, we're, the world is being conditioned. I'm not talking about the church, okay? We're, we're kind of, they're being conditioned to help people 
Not you, because you're going to be gone. But there are people who are going to be left behind. Guys, in the name of religion, he's going to seek to appeal to all these people who are left on the earth. Because here's what's going to happen. Think about it, Cherie. Boom, boom, you hear the trumpet, people are gone, okay? There's going to be worldwide destruction in three and a half years, but there are people going to still be hungry for spiritual things. Not necessarily the truth, but spiritual. They're they're hungry. And so, so he comes in in the name of religion and says, hey, let me just put this together. Hey, listen, listen. Here's the one thing all humans crave. You ready? Community. Community. And so if I could set up a false religious system to get you to worship the Antichrist and I can do it in a way where you're deceived and I bring you in as community, guess what's going to happen? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's what he's going to do. That's what he's going to do. He's going to set this up. Now, remember, remember, guys, we've learned that people are hungry for spiritual things. Okay? We're hungry for spiritual things, and and we've seen books. I mean, there's angels, there's the afterlife, there's movies. They all have the spiritual thing. The problem is if you will see that these people are not interested um, in coexist in spiritual things, they're interested in those things, but they're not interested in the truth of the Word of God. Because what happens when you understand the truth of the Word of God? Well, you've got to do something. You've got to come to a place where you say, I surrender, I believe, I'm yours. Or you go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And I can walk away. I can walk away. Think about this. Paul, in writing to Timothy, tells us these things. Tell me if we're not talking about today. In 1 Timothy 4, chapter 1 and 2, it says this. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith giving heed to the deceiving spirits, the doctrine of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with an iron. Guys, think about that. He says, in the latter days, some are going to depart from the faith. You have people standing up right now, people that we'd looked up to, saying, no, I'm not sure if there's God. I'm not really sure. Is there? And they walk away from the faith, and everybody goes, oh, I really liked his music, but now he doesn't say, and, um, the Bible told us. Uh, the Bible told us, guys, that, that again, they're, they're following what? They're following deceiving spirits and the doctrine speaking lies in hypocrisy. Look at verse uh, 3 and 4. It says, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to receive with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused and received with thanksgiving. So again, again, think about what's going on. They're not interested in the truth, but they are interested in spiritual things. Now, Paul says, guys, there's coming a day when people are going to be interested in spiritual things, but not the Word of God. I truly believe that day is already here. Would you agree? You go, why, Pastor Ben? Well, let me give you the reason, okay? The truth of the Word of God is not a popular message. 
the most popular the the most popular message today you ready church you can jot this down it's not truth but tolerance come on somebody that's the message that's the message that's going to be taught to our kids taught to our Elementary kids, this is the message that's being propagated through all our sporting events that we watch. It's not truth, it's tolerance. That's the message, which basically means that we are supposed to tolerate everything. And if you don't tolerate it, if you stand up for it, then you're targeted. The message will be employed as a great degree the closer we get to the Lord Jesus. So you can see that. Now, so what happens? What happens when you see, hey, we got to do, we got to, we got to respect these people and these people and this and this and this and this. And you guys seen it. You guys seen it every time you turn on. It just means we're getting closer to the Lord. He's coming back. Now, Pastor Ben. I'm not in my head, but to be honest with me, you're really like chicken little. You keep saying Jesus is coming back, but what if he doesn't come back for 10 years? What, what about my life? What if he doesn't come back for 20 years? Listen, let me just say this instead, okay, because I want to get it on record. I'd rather keep telling you that Jesus is coming back so you are ready than not tell you and then you be left behind. And I'll tell you for the next 20 years. Oh, you said back in 2021 that Jesus was coming. Here it is, 2041. And I go, yep, guess what? We're that much closer to the Lord coming back. Every day he's coming. So think about this. The false religious system will resemble Christianity in some ways. Understand that, okay? Because it's going to actually be a combination of many religions and the world is going to buy into it. You understand that, okay? Now, here's what you need to know. Let me give you a big fancy word, okay? This false religion system is going to be set into place and it's going to be literally a, ma- a mixed bag of all the religions in the world. That's why I mentioned the coexist. But the word is syncretism, okay? Syncretism. You go, what is that? It's an, it's an attempt or an algamation of different religions, cultures, and schools and thought. That's what it is. Let's put this religion, but let's take a little piece. Oh, you, you, you started Christianity? But he, here's the thing. Yeah, Christianity, but see, my parents were Christians and they went in the rapture, but I was really mad at God for the first three and a half years, but I'm okay now. So I really want part of my Christianity. Oh, good. Let's, let's take that part. That's the vanilla shake in our, in our, in our religion. Oh, but what about, what about this? religion over here. They have some good stuff for religion. So let's pull that in and let's just find out what people want and let's make a religion of what you want. It's tolerance. Yeah. And people are going to eat it up. Why? Because that's the kind of religion they want to hang with, man. That's the kind of religion. Listen, I can do what I want. There's no conviction. I like this. I like this. Yeah. I don't want any guilt. I don't want, I, I don't want any conviction. I just, listen, I want to be religious. I want to be spiritual. Yeah. But I don't want any of the things. You see, Christianity was always telling me about obedience. They said, if I love Jesus, I should obey. And, uh, you know what? I, I, I tried, but I really, and again, think about it, guys. This is what's happening. Can you imagine? 
Can you imagine? It's like when you pull up to your favorite fast food restaurant and you're in the, you're on the, you know, welcome to the country. And you go, man, I want this and I want that. Oh, let me have that. Oh, those look good too. And you're just getting, man, you get in the car and $35 later you're driving off. That's what the world religion, a little bit of this and let me take this and don't put any of that. And that's what's going to be like, guys. That's what it's going to be like. So the kingdom of the Antichrist sets up going to have both a religious side and a political side to it, okay? What we're going to look at today, if you're taking notes, is the religious side, okay? Chapter 18 is going to describe political, but tonight, let's just look down, okay? So this is actually going to be broken down into two sections. We'll only get through to one tonight. We're going to see the vision, basically the description of Mystery Babylon, You have to come back next week because then we're going to see the insights and the interpretation. Here's what I love about the Bible, and you need to jot this down. This is so important as a disciple of God. You ready? The Bible will always interpret the Bible. So he's going to give a description. He goes, okay, here's what it means. Very, very key. Why? Because you've got to be careful with people go, well, here's my interpretation, or I don't like your interpretation. That's not biblical. Biblical goes, here's the thing. Here's my observation. The Bible's going to interpret that. Now, I can apply it in different ways because we're all in different walks in our lives. So the application is different, but the Bible will always interpret the Bible. Come on, somebody. The Bible will always interpret the Bible. I was listening to a friend of mine, and he was preaching. I don't know. If, I mean, friend, we, we met one time, and, and we became friends on Facebook, but I was listening to him preach. And I heard the weirdest interpretation of Matthew's gospel saying Remember, do you guys remember when Peter, right? Do you remember Peter went to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times should we forgive? Up to seven times, right? And we all know the story. The rabbis were very popular at three. Peter said, let me double that in one for good measure because I want the rabbi to like me. And Jesus looks at him and says, no, Peter, it's not what? It's not seven. It's seven times 70. Now, Every scholar in the world says that number is, there's not, there's not, you don't do math to it, okay? You don't go, well, how much is that? 490. He says, it's basically you have to have an attitude and a heart of forgiveness. That's what it means. Everybody with me? This guy came up with the weirdest. I've never heard that interpretation ever. It wasn't structured biblically. There's rules of interpretation, guys, in the hermeneutics of the study of Scripture. There are rules you have to follow, or it can get really weird. And I went, wow. I won't tell you who he is, but let me say this before we jump into him. He said after the 491st time that God's going to bring judgment upon the person who doesn't forgive. <laughs> what? This is weird, weird stuff. The Bible will always interpret the Bible. Now, 
Tonight, let's just look at the description. You guys with me? Go to Revelation 17. Let's just read 1 through 6 together. We're going to see how this is a false religion. You guys ready? In verse 1, it says, Then one of the seven angels who had seven bulls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls having her hand in a golden cup full of the abomination and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. Verse 6, I saw a woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled in great amazement. Wow. Wow. First thing that comes to mind. First thing. You need to understand. Okay? We talked about the seven angels. Okay? These are the ones that were coming out. This is the end of the world. These guys, man, they're just mass destruction. You understand that? Okay? I don't have time to go back. Go back and listen to the podcast. But the one thing we need to understand is if you read this and you see words like the great harlot, many waters, kings of the earth, fornication... You need to understand again why John is writing this way. You guys understand, right? That Nero was a nut. And if he ever read this, he would go, man, John has been out in the sun too long. Are you kidding me? What do you mean a woman sitting on many waters? So, so he would just disregard it and he would go out to the people who needed to hear it. That's how it's here. So let's unpack these verses, okay? Now, if you're taking note, jot this down. There's going to be six things that we're going to see about this false religion. Six. Okay? Number one, we're going to see that she's called Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots. She's called. This is her name. Okay? So we're going to get deep into this, but understand. Harlotry. She's called a harlot. Okay? The woman mentioned here is called a harlot four times in this chapter. Now, in the Bible, guys, harlotry is a standing symbol. Check this out. For idolatry. Now, according to Jeremiah chapter 3, to worship anything but the true God represents harlotry. To worship anything but the true God is idolatry. It's at this point in our Bible study where we need to take a step back and ask the Lord, Lord, what am I worshiping other than you? What am I worshiping? Because I don't want to be a man of idolatry. I don't want to be a man who's, who's worshiping idols. I want to worship you. You see, the good things in our lives, guys, should bring us a place to what? To worship God. The, the good things in our life. The problem with idolatry is we'll take a good thing and we'll make it ultimate. When we make it ultimate, that's idolatry. So if you got a good relationship, you have a great relationship and you go, oh, look, I just, I love my wife and I elevate her to the place of where God is, something good, I make it ultimate, then I've just now become an idolater. And so again, we have to be careful because there's a lot of good things in our lives. 
We have kids, we have grandkids, we have, we have friends, we have jobs, we have good things God gives us. He gives us amazing sunsets and all of stuff, but we have to be so careful. When harlotry in the book of Revelation is used, guys, it's seen, he's seen as a figure of a woman used to represent the religious. Remember, so the woman is, is what? It's a representation of what? The false religious system. So understand that. And we see that here she is an unfaithful woman. Listen to this, listen to the system claims to be joined to God, but like a prostitute, she's unfaithful to him. So why? Why is she called Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots? Well, we need to understand when Babylon is referred to in the book of Revelation, guys, it's speaking of a system and not necessarily a place. Okay? But why Babylon? Why would they say Mystery Babylon? Well, the origin of Babylon, check this out, goes way back to the book of Genesis chapter 11 at the Tower of Babel. Remember the building project that was headed up by a fellow by the name of Nimrod? Nimrod means we will revolt. And Nimrod was the first guy to be a mighty hunter of men, and he would be in defiance to the Lord. He actually became, Nimrod became the first dictator, as well as deciding to engage in a building project that was going to reach up to the heavens. This is the Tower of Babel. Now, let me give you some history, and you need to understand the, the fellow named Nimrod. Nimrod was a descendant of Ham, the wicked son of Noah. After the flood, God said, hey guys, go ahead and scatter and multiply the earth. Instead, no, 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 they had a, they had this huddle and they got together and they said, no, 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 how about we do this? Let's build a city and then we'll build a city with a tower that'll reach to the heaven. Why? Because they wanted to make a name for themselves. There we go. Humanism, right? Let's minimize God and exalt man. The city was called Babylon and it was conceived in rebellion and built on humanism. You go, oh, wow. Well, it gets better. You see, Nimrod had a wife, and her name was Samirius. S-E-M-I-R-M-U-S, Samirius. She had a son by the name of Tammuz, T-A-M-M-U-Z, Tammuz. Here's what she claims. She claims that her son Tammuz is the savior of the world. Tammuz. She professed that he was not conceived by man, Miraculously, there was a sunbeam that shone on her belly, and now she was pregnant and had a boy named Tammuz. Well, story goes on that he grew up, and he was later killed by a wild boar. Well, Tammuz's mother said she prayed for 40 days, and supposedly Tammuz rose from the dead. Here's just a side note. This is where we get Lent from. 40 days up until the resurrection. Okay? As a result of this story, guess what? The mother and child were worshipped together. As a matter of fact, Tammuz's mother is often called the Queen of Heaven. 
the queen of heaven. Many cultures, many religions still worship the mother and child together. This is crazy. This is, this is crazy. In other religions, she's known as Ishtar. Ishtar, right? Where do we get, where we get the term Easter, right? And then they would have Ishtar eggs, where we get the term Easter eggs. Now, why is this all going down? Here's why. Listen, Satan from the very beginning has attempted to counterfeit and copies God's plan to bring a savior from the very beginning. Okay? Now, let me give you a little bit more. There was in Babel a man who started to look at the star to discover their own destiny. In fact, centuries later, in Isaiah 47.9, the Lord was pronouncing judgment on Babylon, where he declared, this is um, Isaiah 49, lower part B, but it says, well, both of these things will come upon you in a moment, widowhood and the loss of your children. He says, yes, these calamities will come upon you despite your witchcraft and magic. So again, if you recall, this is what he's pronouncing on Babylon. But you guys remember when Nebuchadnezzar, right? Do you remember him when he had a dream and he couldn't figure out and he was all stressed out and he was all freaked out? Do you remember who he called for? He called for the magicians, right? He called for the magicians, the astrologers, and the soothsayers. He says, hey, guys, come on in here. They get it from here, guys. The magicians, they practice black magic. The soothsayers, they would have special seances, making people just miraculously appear, calling on spirits of the dead, and the demons would impersonate the dead person being summoned. That's what was going on. Again, there's nothing new to us. The problem is, is now we have all of these channels on your cable bill that says, oh, here's the supernatural, and we're we're hunting, you know, supernatural and, and spirits and all this stuff. Guys, they're demons. Oh, we're going to look for ghosts. They're demons. That's what he, he says. Listen, this is what they do. And, and then, oh, well, we're, we're going to go read, and we're going to read about our future, and we're going to see what's going on. And guys, they're demons. They're being impersonated. The dead person, oh, I saw my grandma. No. No. See, these practices are still taking. As a matter of fact, soothsayers are actually known as channelers. Channelers, guys. And it was all part of where? The Babylonian practices. This is where it all started, and now it's being revisited. Why? Remember, guys, we're coming into it, and you're going to go, wow, this thing just put together like just so good. Guys, this is all going down. Now, again, someone might go, Pastor Ben, listen, only a fool would believe in that stuff. But apparently... There are well-educated fools. You say, why? In a recent article stated that New Agers represent the more affluent, the well-educated and successful segment of the baby boomer generation. 95% of the readers of the New Age Journal are called educated. What did Jesus tell us? Don't be deceived. Don't get sucked into this. Don't get sucked into this. Do you realize that corporations, corporations today spend an estimated $4 billion a year on new age consultants? 
Where did it start? It all started in Babylon. Okay? So let's go to verse 2. You go, boy, that was a lot for verse 1. I know. It says, to whom the kings of the earth, what? Committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Guys, if you're taking note, fornication here is a figure of speech in the word of God that's indicative to turning from God and being spiritually unfaithful. So it says right here, here's this, the system is going to what? It's going to be drunk with the wine of her unfaithfulness. What's the second thing we need to know? We need to know that not only is she what? Not only do we realize that this is her name, she's the mystery Babylon, but we see, guys, right here, number two, is that she's the great harlot, the mother of harlots. You go, what does that mean? Well, this seems to indicate that this is not talking about one specific religious system, but a compilation of many. But what I find is the imagery here is interesting. Why? Because just as a man uses a harlot to satisfy his pleasures... And fantasies only to what? To discard her afterwards. Okay, I'm done. Thank you. I'm done. The Antichrist is going to do the same thing with the false religious system. Okay? He's going to use this religion, this, this syncretism of religions to what? To seduce the masses. He's going to use it, he's going to use this system to set up and help him get more power. And he's going to use this to help influence the heads of other nations. Right now, we can't get along. We have different beliefs. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, I'm of whatever it might be. Now he's going to get everyone on the same page. He's going to use them. But soon, just like Satan, just like the Antichrist, he's going to turn on her. Well, look at verse 16 for just a moment. Revelation 17 says, And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these hate the harlot. Do you guys see that? And make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh. and Guys, they're going to hate her. He's going to turn and she, they're going to be like, Oh, Ah, we'll get to that next week. Let me give you the third one. I want you to see that this religious, this false religious system has universal influence. Okay? It says here that the woman has been seen sitting on many waters. Now, you go, what does that mean? Well, look at verse 15 with me, guys. It says, then he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are people's multitude, nation, and tongues. One commentator put it this way. She will have the power over the leaders of the nation, the kings of the earth, and she makes the common people intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. This world religion, guys, this false, this false religious system is going to have, guys, universal influence. It's going to be, ready? Drum roll, please. Worldwide. You go... Think about this. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Let's talk about the coronavirus for just a minute. Because back in January, February, March, we had relatively low numbers. 
As a matter of fact, I remember looking at, at Lubbock and the county of Lubbock, and I remember uh, saying to my wife, sweetie, there are only 180 active cases in our county. A hundred. Do you know 180? There's only 100, and out of 300,000, there's only 180. Wow, maybe this thing is over. All of a sudden, in August, guys, we are up to 3,380 active cases. You go, yeah, how did this happen? How did this happen in August? But here's what trips me out. The cases are going up worldwide. How? How do we go from, okay, but, you know, I can understand in some some places in Lubbock, I can understand some places in Dallas, I get that, people are congregating, they're going back, but this is worldwide. It's very universal, is it not? This religion is just giving us a preview. This system is going to have everything that everybody wants Oh, finally, finally. Let me give you number number four. Notice where she's seated, verse three. So she carried me away, he carried me away into the spirit of the wilderness. And I saw the woman sitting, where? On the scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, where is she seated? She's seated on the beast, guys. She's sitting right there. And this speaks of how she's going to be riding upon his power, and she's going to use the Antichrist to gain power, acceptance, and following, but he's also going to use her as well. Look at verse 7 with me real quick. But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and ten horns. See, the beast, guys, check this out, is seen carrying the woman, but we notice this is a small but important change in terminology. What do you mean? It's signifying how the Antichrist will employ the false religious system to serve his own agenda. In other words, they're both going to be using each other. Every one of them is going to, he's going to be, He's going to be on, watch this, on your phone, on your tablet, on the news, pushing this false system. Hey, it's, it's good for everybody. Do you wonder what the church would look like? Because now all of a sudden you have new pastors that are coming in and they're preaching this humanism. But let me say this, because it's not the truth, it's going to be packed. Well, why should we go to that church? Well, whoever the Antichrist is said, and, and you know, and, and he really pulled us out of a three and a half year. We didn't know what happened to the Christians. I mean, there's Christianity still, right? I still love God. I still serve God. I still have. And, and again, think about it. And sometimes we come to church, guys, and you go, oh, pastor stepped on my toes. Oh, I'm so convicted. Oh, but, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I can't tell you how many times people come up to me and go, you were talking right at me. And I'm like, I don't even, I'm just teaching the Bible. Did my wife tell you what's going on in our house? <laughs> no, I don't even know your wife. 
you guys understand, that's a good thing. Because the Holy Spirit is living inside us and we go, oh, thank you, Jesus. Let me give you number five. We've got to hurry. Notice her wealth, verse four. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having her hand a golden cup full of what abomination and the filthiness of her fornication. Guys, notice her wealth. That's number five. Notice her wealth. This description speaks of the fact that from an outward appearance, she's wealthy. She's wealthy. Okay? Now, to you and I, we're like, cool, we won't be here. But I want you to note the similarities. Why? Because it's very similar to the the men we have today that are preaching prosperity. Okay? The ones preaching prosperity. If you just do what I do, you can be healthy and wealthy. And, and I mean, it, it really is sick. Pastors, they come up with the message, hey, if you were as spiritual as I am, you would be doing as well as I am. And then they'll look at you and they'll say, hey, Mr. Early, do you have a Lexus face or do you have a Hyundai face? What? What does that have to do with anything? The problem is, guys, is that we, in our culture, we have such a materialistic culture that we live in that many people are going to be enamored by the wealth of this religious system. They're going to be drawn to it. Wow. Wow. And why wouldn't they? When the world is a mess, hey, I want to live high on the hog. Listen, well, if you come to church here, you're going to be, you know, Let me give you the last one, guys, the sixth one. Her job during this time is to pursue the saints. Now, notice I didn't say the church. The church is gone. The bride of Christ, we're up there in heaven. We're we're eating filet mignon. We're having a great time, I'm telling you right now. This is the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be awesome. But look, notice verse 6. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, guys, and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, John says, I marveled in amazement. Why? Her main job during this time is to go and persecute and murder those who get in her way. Listen, it may take seven years, but your notes, your Bibles... The things you left behind, your journals, somebody might read that and go, there is a Jesus. I need to serve him. Lord, come into my heart. Please forgive me and start walking with Jesus right in the midst of the tribulation. And she, this religious system, is going to go after her hard and want to kill her. And want to kill her. This is what she says. Look at, guys. She was drunk with the blood of the saints, the more more. Guys, the reason is that John is so amazed. The reason is that religious system will be so violently opposed to those who become true believers in the tribulation. That's why he's like, whoa, wow, wow. That's the vision John saw. That's the vision John saw. Next week, guys, 
we're going to look at the interpretation. And we've covered a few verses, but let's do this. Let's close. And let me remind you. Let me remind you very quickly of the grace and mercy of God in our lives today. We got we to gotta hold on to that. Because you come to a Bible study and you're like, man, that was brutal. That was tough. I can't believe this. Ben, when is it going to get, when are you going to preach on good things? I have to tell you the truth. The truth is, here, here's what's going to happen. Guys, here's what's going to happen. And Jesus said to us, don't be deceived. Get your hearts ready. You go, what are some applicational points that we can take home? Well, the thing about it is that, listen, if you're not fully living for God, then you need to today. Surrendering to life, to the surrendering to God and, and, and your life to him would be truly amazing. You go, Ben, you're preaching to the choir. It's Wednesday night. Amen. But you never know if somebody's going to be listening to this. You never know. I mean, I mean, think about this. We could be enraptured. We could be out of here, right? And somebody's listening to the podcast, you know, four years from now. Happen to come alongside it, boom, and they're listening. And I'm telling you right now, give your life to Jesus. You see, it's easy today. We go, amen, let's go. And that day, it won't be so easy. It won't be so easy. Jesus said, don't be deceived, guys. Don't be deceived. We're going to see all this false religion. Here's what I want to leave you with. You can see the spirit of this false religion entering the world today. It's been there. It's been there. But all of a sudden, now you can see its head. It used to hide. It used to look up, do its thing, and hide. And we went, everybody went, well, no, no, we're still good. And now it went, I'm not hiding. This is who I am. Be careful. There's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus, the one true God. The Lord says to you and I, don't forsake the fellowship of the saints. You've got you've to come. You've got to be part of the family. We've got to see your face. Listen, apart from political that we see going on in our world today, apart from economics that you see going on in our world today, Apart from the famine, the partial famine, there's stuff at the grocery store you can't get anymore. I mean, it's just trickling down. And even apart from, hey, let's close the church for a while. Let's just religious, okay? Here's what the enemy's doing. You ready? He's trying to divide us. Brother against sister, sister against brother. The church, guys, is a family. The church of Jesus Christ is a family. And what the enemy is doing, he's coming in here and he's going, listen, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stir up family and I'm going to try to get sibling rivalry so that we can be divided and then we can be on separate sides of the fence. That's what I'm going to do. Don't let him divide us. How do I, how do I not let him divide us? You keep our eyes on Jesus. Know your word. Okay? Know your word. You ready? Number three, love people back to life. Love them back to life. 
God will handle the judgment. God will handle who they are in their life. Let's just be a friend to people. Let's love them back to, to the place where they're walking with God. Yeah, but, no but. Let's love people. That's what God commanded us to do. He commanded us to be his hands and his feet to people. And what God does, he goes, listen, y'all in here? He said, y'all? Y'all in here? Okay, you got it. Now, tomorrow, you're going to see somebody. You're going to meet somebody. You have friends. They're going to need you. And they're going to come in broken and battered and whipped and down and discouraged. And your job is to say, hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to lift them up. You're going to encourage them. You're going to love them. Let us not be divided and throw away people. Jesus would never do that. That's the application. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight and the truth of your word. We thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives. Lord, we're still here. And you know that. But we look, we look for your soon return. Until then, let us occupy. And Lord, let us love people. Let us encourage people. Let us be a light, Lord, in a dark world. Let us not get caught up, God, in all that's going on in the world. Let us encourage. Let us lead the way. Christians should be leading the way in the church, God. In the world today, Christians should be leading the way. Oh, there'll be fights. It's getting time. So we ask right now that you would just fill us with your Holy Spirit. Just fall afresh on us so that we can lead the way in Lubbock, Texas, God. Do a work. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.